What up, what up? This is Mids Only. I'm excited. I got my guy Dave with me. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Excited to be on. Dave, you're you're a dude. You've had a big impact on my life. Like and you don't you probably don't even know that, but like I used to work with you at Whole Foods and like you just talking to you kind of like shaped a lot of the decisions I made moving forward with like college and just life in general. Like, uh, that's, that's just, like you inspired me, man. Yeah. Seriously, I mean that. Like, that's cool. I hope it's for the better. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Like where I'm at now, I think you partially play a part in that. And I'm thankful for that. And I'm thankful for you coming here to talk to me because like it's not easy getting on a podcast and just talking like in front of the camera. Like even when oh, yeah. I started up, I get a little nervous sometimes in the beginning, you know? Oh, definitely. I'm definitely pretending like I'm not on camera. <laughs> See, like, well, you, it's, it's, it's always sucks when you start, but, like, once you get going, you just, you forget about it. You're just like, we're just sitting here talking. Yeah. yeah. Just like we used to do at Whole Foods. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty simple. Pretty straightforward. So, what are you, how old are you? You said 33? I'm uh, 33. I'll be 34 in January. So. A lot yeah, of life experience. You got, like, 12 years on me. Yeah. yeah Something yeah, like that. 12. Bit, yeah. yeah. Would you, would you I'm like 19. Okay, so 14. Yeah. Like, that's that's a long time, man. Yeah. All the life experience. Yeah. Last dude I had on, Jermaine, tons of life experience. Like, I just, I love having interesting people on. I think you're an interesting person. And yeah, I hope so. Let's see if we make I, a good episode. Yeah, for real, man. I'd love, like, don't hold back at all. Whatever you want to say, you just say. Whatever right. you're feeling. Yeah. Tell you all my stories. Yeah. I would love to hear them, man. So, like, tell, tell me anything. Like, where, where are you from? I'm from Nashua. Yeah. Yeah, I'm from Nashua originally. Uh, moved there when I was like five. Mm-hmm. Um, my my dad finished up college in New York, and uh, and then we moved to New Hampshire. And uh, yeah, been here. Been here since. Ever since yeah. I've, I've been here my whole life. I love this place. I love you seriously. Here. It's great. It's got a little bit of everything. You know, you got the mountains close by. You, know, you got the ocean not too far away. Boston's right there. New York's not far away. New Hampshire's a good spot. Mm, the mountains, though, we'll definitely talk about that because I know you're a pretty avid hiker. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. But you, you were hiking last week, right? Yeah. For yeah what did you do? I, I did a little section on the Appalachian Trail. Yeah? Yeah, in, uh, in western New Hampshire. Uh, the, I was going to go to the White Mountains uh-huh. and, uh, and just kind of hike around up there a little bit, but the weather wasn't looking great with the rain and the cold, so I didn't really feel like going out into that kind of wilderness mm-hmm. on, on my own. So just sort of, you know, played it safe, I guess, and, and went on the Appalachian Trail where it's, you know, it's very straightforward. I'm very familiar with it, you know. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to like itself. risk your life or anything, you know what I mean? Like you want to be on the edge a little bit, but like you don't want to go too far. Yeah, for sure. So. Especially with, with like cold rain. Uh-huh. You know, cold rain is definitely, you know, one of the kind of the most dangerous things out there with, as far as hypothermia goes. Um, uh, like my buddy got hypothermia on a rainy day. Mm-hmm. It was like it was like sixty degrees out. You know, so really? Not even you got hypothermia. You got hypothermia. Yeah, yeah. We we were in the Adirondacks. We we went up there for one of my for one of my other friend's bachelor parties. And oh, that's in Maine, right? Uh, upstate New York. Okay, it's this massive you. area. Oh, I'm something else. Um, Maine has tons of wilderness too. Yeah, yeah the Adirondacks is upstate New York, massive wilderness, like Lake Lake Placid area. Gotcha. Um, and. One of my friends was having this bachelor party up there, <clears throat> and me and my buddy Pete decided, like, why don't we go up a couple days early, get a little bit of hiking in, mm. um, you know, just because we we never hiked in the Adirondacks, and and uh, yeah, we, we just you know we got some you know just kind of shitty weather, uh, just, yeah, sixty degrees, pouring rain, and 
we decided to just kind of go out anyway. It wasn't supposed to rain the following day, so we were just going to kind of stick to lower elevations and uh, kind of set ourselves up to hike Mount Marcy the next day, which mm-hmm. is the highest highest peak in the Adirondacks. So, so we were walking to this camp. You know, I, I forget how many miles we were trying to do that day. It was like 10, 10-ish. Not like a ton, but still a decent amount. First part of the hike went, went great. We, you know, we were cruising. You know, it's, you know, the rain's not bothering us. We're staying. Mm-hmm. So you were getting wet though. Oh yeah, for sure. So you know, we had our rain jackets on, um, and we're just we're just walking. We're just hanging out. It's like a nice smooth trail. So we're just nice even strides. You know, keeping that body temperature up. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then we stop. We stop for lunch at this little uh, lean-to. These uh, three-sided shelters that they're, they're all over the Appalachian Trail. It's basically just open in the front. Um, and it's just basically like a, a wooden floor, you know, three walls. And they have someone like working there, or no? You no, just kind of come in. You just kind of come in. It's like make it your own space. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're supposed to take up as little you know room as possible, uh-huh. so other people can fit in there if it's going to be like a busy one. But sometimes you have them to yourselves. Um, so we took we took lunch at, at one of those. Had the place to ourselves. And, you know, it was fine. Started getting a little chilly because we weren't moving at this point. Yeah. Um, my buddy started, you know, started to get a little chilly. So like, all right, let's let's. And this is probably nighttime, right? Or like coming into nighttime? No, no, this is still pretty early in the day. We okay. just we just stopped for lunch. At this oh spot. yeah, so we're, we're probably lunch. like we're we're just you know I don't know maybe five or six miles into the hike. It's been smooth sailing. Like, um, we were even you know talking about maybe doing mushrooms that day. And we were like <laughs> you know you know it's raining, but you know it's not that bad. Um, Thankfully, we didn't do mushrooms that day. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's like a little X factor. Yeah, for sure. That that would have you know that could have spiced it up things. a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so so then a- after lunch, you know, we start moving again, and uh, <clears throat> we we cross this river pretty much right as we leave the the lean to, and it's just different terrain on the other side of this river. It's just mm-hmm. it's, it's rocky. It's uneven. Um, we ended up walking through this place called Indian Pass, and it was just basically uh, like a like a notch where you just have like cliff walls on either side of you, yeah. and you just kind of in a space that's maybe a couple hundred yards across between the cliffs. Um, and down there, it was just a uh, just like a like a boulder field, just this huge. So rock you're out in the open where the wind can hit you, kind well, of. Or? It's it's not so much the the wind that was getting us, but like just all these all these weird rocks that we, we know we couldn't move fast anymore. Uh-huh. You so gotta take your time. It slowed us way down because all these rocks are wet. We're just trying to, we're carefully climbing around them uh-huh. and, and trying not to slip and, you know, break our ankles. Um, and we, yeah, we just slowed way down and I think that's when his, his body temperature started to, to really kind of take a dive. And uh, we, we got to the, the shelter that we were planning on spending the night at um, just a, a little while later and uh, he he, he had been quiet for like probably an hour. Mm-hmm. Like, could you tell something was up? Or like, did a, you, you didn't really know? A, a little bit. I, I just thought he was pissed off. Yeah. Because you know, I hiked a lot with my buddy Pete. We, we hiked a long trail together in 2014. Uh-huh. Tons, tons of different uh, day hikes and stuff. So, we, you know, we spent a lot of time hiking together. And I just thought he was like mad that we were just like in the rain. It wasn't as fun as it was earlier when we were just cruising. Yeah. You know, and it was, I think it was June. And, uh, and in some of the pockets in this, when we were down in this Indian Pass, this down in this notch, uh, some of, some of the pockets uh, like underneath the boulder still had snow packed into them. Okay. And there was just almost like cold air like rising up out of this place a little what bit. What time of the year was this? It was June. June. And uh, 
So really, it's still snow on the ground? Yeah, just a little bit. It was the only uh-huh. snow we saw all day. You know, we weren't even that high up. It was just sort of packed under these boulders. Yeah, you know, sure. The sun doesn't get at it. And uh, I remember my buddy said to me, he's like, I don't know what it is, but like looking at that snow just makes me feel scared. And I was like, all right, that's like, you know, that's some kind of dramatic shit to say. But like, uh, it's, yeah, it's whatever. I'm like, yeah, it's crazy. There's still snow. And then we get to the shelter and he's like, he's like, dude, I don't even know what to do right now. He's like, I don't, he's like, I don't know if I should take take my clothes off if I should put clothes on like he's like oh, he, so and he's at that point where like he's feeling hot he's so cold well the confusion is starting to set in yeah like you know, the, his cognitive function yeah, is just not there that's one of the really sinister things about hypothermia is one of the first things it it goes after is is your like decision making huh. you, you get this like brain fog and you start to make you know bad decisions uh-huh. uh, like there are lots of accounts of of you know people dying uh, with hypothermia up in the whites and uh, when their body's found like they haven't even put their gloves on or their jackets not zipped because it just doesn't occur to them it just doesn't occur to them because one of the first things it, it, it gets is your decision making that's some scary shit man. It, it is especially if you're out there alone exactly like and then that starts happening to yeah. you you're just confused and like, you can't move fast enough you know, you're depending on the terrain if you can't move fast enough to stay warm mm-hmm. you know you, you can start to get into a you know a bad way um, I usually try and hike with enough clothes where, like, when I do get to a spot where I can be dry, I can, like, completely change out, get warm stuff on, you know. Uh, so, that's, so that's what we do with my body. We, we basically, we got his wet clothes off. We got we got him into dry clothes, new clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, he, He's lucky you guys were there to take care of him. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. You, that's why it's really, you really want to go with, like, two at least two people, uh-huh. if not three, for, for things like this. I mean, I, I do enjoy going alone. It is fun, but... Maybe yeah, for like a day hike. Yeah, or you just gotta be kind of, you know. Kinda, yeah, exactly, which is why I chose the Appalachian Trail last uh-huh. week, because I was like, I just don't want to go adventuring in new spots in these rugged mountains with a cold rain coming in and no established <laughs> shelters. It just sounds like a, you know, two so you're two risk factors. Yeah, I was just, yeah, I was out, out by myself. Now, did you, what, did you go for like a couple of days? Yeah, when so you slept out there? for, yeah, I was out for like three nights. Four days. I hiked from like the bottom of Musilaki over to Hanover, New Hampshire. Okay. Um, yeah, it was cool. Yeah, m- my wife dropped me off um, in the evening on I forget if it was like, last Tuesday night or something. And uh, yeah, I just hiked like a mile to a to a camp or yeah. uh, to a to a shelter and a campsite. And uh, there were actually like five people there and a dog, and they had like a fire going. So oh, there you go. Yeah, so that, that was pretty <laughs> sweet. I sat on my tent. Separate. Yeah. So nice. you slept in the tent. I slept in the tent. I like the tent better just because you have yeah. you have some privacy. Usually in the shelters, shelters like that, they're like full of old people and like the old guys are just snoring. You know, <laughs> just like just cutting wood all night. And uh, so I just I just I just go for the tent um, usually. So yeah, I slept in my tent and then uh, yeah, I had a nice big day the next day. Did like twenty one miles. Wow. Yeah. It's a long one. Yeah, it was it was a pretty big day, but uh, I knew that rain was coming in. The next morning, and I wanted to get myself up to this. There was a cabin up on top of uh, Smarts Mountain, and uh, has like a door that shuts and, and latches, mm-hmm. and uh, just you know, a good spot to be for a rainstorm. Yeah. So I figured, you know, I'd rather do this last six miles, you know, in the evening time on a nice day rather than do it in the pouring rain in the morning. Yeah, so I just kind of pushed it. Yeah. That's really interesting, though. Just going out for like days at a time. Like, you kind of leave your old life behind. Oh, yeah. You're just like, you're there in nature, man. You're just doing your thing. Yeah. Probably 
it's probably like a like a mental reset almost in a lot of ways because like you just forget the problems of your everyday life and you're just worried about putting one foot in front of the other for sure it definitely like it, it definitely forces you into the moment you mm-hmm. know before it forces all your focus down especially once you get like tired and you, you get into a real rhythm you, you really are just focused down to like the next step, the next kind yeah, of Yeah, like you're not thinking about rent or like yeah. that car payment. Yeah, or like I found with the, job. with the short trips, I'll, I'll have like a day of that where I'm just thinking about like everything from regular life. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like rapid fire, all running through my, through my head. Uh, and not necessarily a bad way, but you just have so much time to think. And then once I've like sort of sorted through all of that stuff. Maybe after like, one sleep out in the wilderness, you wake up the next day yeah. and you're like, wow. I get to do this all day today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is that's one of the best feelings. Waking up, it's like early morning. You get your coffee going. Uh, <laughs> just kind of, just kind of watch the woods. You know, light up. Listen to the birds. You know, and and then get moving. And uh, but yeah, you, usually you know the, the brain is uh, you know my brain's like racing a little bit for the first day. Just think, just kind of think about everything because uh-huh. I just have so much time to think. And then after that, this like sort of like calm kind of settles in, and you just sort of in the moment just thinking about you know the trail and just and just whatever mm-hmm. you pace of the thoughts like kind of slows down and uh, yeah it's cool I, I find it you know really beneficial you know to go out and just do that a couple times a year mm-hmm. I usually try and get out on a trip by myself every fall at least for a couple That's of days sweet, yeah yeah it's fun. so surreal yeah it's it's a great time I'm, I'm so happy I discovered backpacking um, and I didn't start doing it until I was like, 25 how, like, how did you get into that um, so I, I had saved up a bunch of money to move to Montana with this girl I was dating. Really? Yeah. So I was, I was dating this girl for so a this few was, years. This was like right out of college time? Though? Uh, yeah. In, in the first like couple of years out of college. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, I was dating this girl for a couple of years. She, she graduated from UNH and was going to go to Montana for, for some, for some job. It was like a temporary thing, but we were going to move out there. So I saved up, you know, saved up like $5,000. Yeah. I was ready to move. And then. And then she broke up with me. Damn, so she, man. Yeah, she yeah. just cut it off like that. <clears throat> yeah. She led I you mean, on into thinking that you were coming you know, on. In her defense, I'll, I was just moving furniture at the time. <laughs> so, like, and she was, like, a smart girl. Like, okay. And, like, a, like a, you know, some kind of, I forget what kind of science uh, it was. But she she was going places, and I was still, like, <laughs> kind of moving kind of slow. So, honestly, it was pretty fair. Hey, that's yeah. okay, man. Everyone moves yeah. at their own pace. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, it, it, I was sore about it at first. You know, it definitely stopped. I would have been. I, I liked her a lot. Um, but then I was like, all right, you know, I'm going to take this $5,000 and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go hike. I'm going to go hike the Appalachian Trail. And then mm-hmm. I realized it was a little too late in the spring to, to hike the Appalachian Trail and, like, buy all the gear and stuff. So so I settled on the, on the long trail in mm-hmm. Vermont, which goes from the border of Massachusetts up to Canada. Okay. It's uh, 275 miles, just kind of straight through the middle of, of Vermont. And uh, I did that with with uh, two two of my best friends, uh, my buddy Pete and uh, my friend Prescott, uh, who's a friend from high school, so a friend from college and a friend from high school. So mm-hmm. we and none of us had ever backpacked before, so this was like a completely wow. new kind of adventure, you know, for us. So, you know, we we did. How how long does that take to do? It, it takes um a- anywhere from from eighteen to thirty days. Okay. You know, eighteen days if you were you know crushing it. Uh, I mean, I guess you. you People do do it quicker than that, but that would be insane. Yeah, you um, gotta really be moving. Yeah, and it's, it's rugged terrain too. You uh-huh. know, any, just like anything in the Northeast, it's, you know, it's rocky, it's rooty, it's wet. Um, 
So, so we, we were aiming to do it in 21 days because I quit my moving job after this girl broke up with me. I was like, I can't move furniture anymore. Uh, yeah, you just got to reset both. Yeah, exactly. So, so I, so I, I wasn't working, my, but my, my buddy could only get three weeks off from work. So we knew we needed to do it in 21 days. Um, so, so that was our plan. We kind of, we kind of like mapped out the whole thing. We're like, mm-hmm. this is how we, we envision it going. Like this is where we're going to try and hike to. And, and we had to do all the research though, like where we're going to resupply, you know, what, what, yeah, cause there's a lot, a lot of moving parts there. Yeah. There's a lot a, of moving parts. Yeah. There's a, it's, it, you know, it's at its core, it's a, it's a very simple thing. Oh, yeah. You, you just, just got to like walk from one end to point. Yeah. But to do it like comfortably and to do it effectively, mm-hmm. uh, is, it is a little bit more complicated. Because you got to make sure you got the right gear, you got food, you got water, you know where you're going. Yeah, you you want to you want to know where you're going to be resupplying your food because you you don't want to you're not going to go out there and carry three weeks worth of food. Um, you know, it'd be like, yeah, it'd be you know it'd be like thirty pounds of just food. Um, so, so yeah, I mean we have to research kind of all of those all of those questions because none of us really had like a real idea of uh, of what that was going to be like. Uh, so. You know, but we, we did pretty good research. We got good gear. Like a lot of the gear I was able to use on my through hike on the Appalachian Trail the following year. Mm-hmm. Like, so we, we made, you know, pretty sound decisions with, with what we bought. Uh, we, we went out with way too much fuel though. We were, we were nervous about running out of- Oh, like uh, propane? Yeah, it's uh, isopropyl, like those little canisters. Okay. Um, for your little grill? Yeah, for the, <laughs> that, it was, it's like a, uh, a jet boil. Have you ever seen a jet boil? I think so. Yeah, so it's just a, it's just like a burner screws onto the top of the yeah, 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 I've seen the those. Like a, it's, in a, it's just a pot uh-huh. um, with like a handle on it. And, uh, and it boils super quick. It's, it's, it's a really, it's a, it's a nice piece. I, I've, just, I've been using jet boils ever since. But um, we, we weren't sure how much fuel we were going to need, how fuel efficient mm-hmm. it was going to be. So we ended up we ended up each bringing three fuel canisters, and so we had nine in the group. How many? How many did you use by the end of it? Oh, pr- probably one, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe we broke into the second. That's one. a lot of weight to just we, be carrying. Oh, it's that's because those are probably heavy. And the metal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're super heavy. <laughs> they're super heavy, and uh, we, we um, the way our backpacks were packed, like because we weren't very good at this yet, we'd have to like sort of unpack everything, uh-huh. like when we were at camp, and. Um, and the first hundred miles of the long trail coincides with the Appalachian Trail. Okay. So, which was really cool because we met all these these through hikers who had been hiking for like four months wow. and like they've been hiking together. Like, oh, we've been with we've been with each other since Tennessee, and, That's and that wild, was like mind blowing to me. And when they saw our nine fuel canisters, they were like, "What the fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> are you guys building a bomb?" Like. What, uh, Cause yeah, cause they're like, yeah, we use like one a month or like, you know, we're like, oh, we're like, well, we, we didn't know. Yeah. We, <laughs> that's something you're not going to know going in, you know, yeah. you've never done it Yeah. We, and we didn't want to find ourselves in a spot where we're like, oh, we don't have fuel to like, yeah, cause then make, like, oh, make breakfast, make dinner. Uh, it's better to be over-prepared than under-prepared yeah, in that sense. I would think so. Yeah. I think so. But, um, so one of my buddies ended up having a having to drop off the trail yeah uh, he, he like he had a he had a pain going in his in his knee and oh. and we were basically we were at a road and we we like had to stay on this 21 day schedule and uh uh and we were like look dude we don't think we don't think you should go on because we're gonna have to walk for like three days to get to the next road and we we need to do this in like a certain amount of time uh-huh. like if we keep going and then your legs really hurt like getting you out of the woods is gonna be hard so we think you yeah. need to go it was, 
It was, was I mean, like, was he understanding? He was understanding. Like, he, he was bummed out, but he, he was understanding. Again, though, you gotta safety's the number one priority. Like, yeah. you're going out there to have fun. You don't want to fucking die. And, yeah, absolutely. And he, he kind of like signed on to the to the trip like a little bit later too. Okay. It was kind of me and Pete's like trip initially, and then and then he, he kind of jumped in. So he, I think he understood that like you know getting this done in 21 days like for like Pete's time schedule was was like it was important. This makes sense. Was, like part of the plan. So, so we had him take home all the fuel canisters. <laughs> we, 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 we had him hike those back down to the road. Oh, that's uh, And we kept like two of them. You also can buy them in a, in a lot of places. So we, mm-hmm. we, we just didn't know. And it was just something <laughs> we didn't want to run out of. Um, I understand the concern though, man. Yeah. You gotta be yeah, able to eat. Yeah. And, and yeah, like we also, um, we didn't really know like what we were going to eat either. Like that was, we, we brought um, uh, black beans, just like uncooked you know, in cans? Black, no, no, not in cans, because we knew that would be way too heavy. But so, like, just dry, dry beans. But when you cook beans like that, I don't know if you ever. <laughs> what do you just I, boil them? You boil them. You gotta boil them for like forty-five minutes. It's like a long time, and you're supposed to like pre-soak them to get a lot of the, the whatever out of them. So it's like kind of a process to cook beans that are like just mm-hmm. dry. And uh, we we way undercooked these black beans, and it was oh, one, of, one of the worst I've ever felt. I, Is that all you have for food? I think we ate black beans that night. We we had other food. I I I don't think, but I think that night we just ate. We just made black beans for dinner. And <laughs> the three of us were like so sick in the morning uh, from eating these undercooked black beans. Oh, that's hilarious! I, I didn't eat black beans for like five years after. I could I could eat pinto <laughs> or you know like white beans, kidney beans, but not black beans. I'm actually a fan of black beans. I, I like them. them. Yeah, I've got them at like Mexican restaurants. Yeah, they can yeah. toss that in there. I'm cool with that. It's still kind of like at the bottom of the list for me. I think from this from this incident. Yeah, but it's like, just like a scarring experience. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's just hard to get over it. It, it was yeah, it was a it was a gross feeling. Just like that feeling of like uncooked black beans in your stomach <laughs> the next morning. Man, we were all we were all hurting. Um, but you, but we didn't know, you know. So and by the end of the long trail, had a really good kind of foundation for. For backpacking, yeah, just kind of like understood it, and uh, also it was nice having those Appalachian Trail through hikers around because they were oh, like, yeah, I'm sure like, they this amount of feels insane. Like this, you know, these are the, all the things you guys are doing wrong. Like, you get a chance to see what the stuff that they're bringing with them. Yep, yeah, exactly, and like what they're eating and 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 stuff like that. And like that stuff you can't like find in your research beforehand. It, like I mean, yeah. maybe you can get some of that information, but just having like, actually experiencing it. And seeing people that are doing it is going to give you that experience. Definitely. And that knowledge. You know, yeah, because you, you usually have time to like think of your questions. You can ask very specific questions mm-hmm. instead of trying to find what somebody wrote on the internet at some, you know, at some point in yeah. the last however many years. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there are a lot of good resources for the Appalachian Trail online. The, the subreddit for the Appalachian Trail is really, really good. Mm-hmm. You see a lot of people post questions on there and get some really thoughtful responses from either current through hikers or former through hikers so I, I I didn't have Reddit at the time though. I wish I wish I when did you hike the Appalachian Trail I hiked the Appalachian Trail in 2015 so the, okay. the year after uh, the long trail following that following year when yeah. did, all right let's talk about that sure the whole thing the whole experience yeah like what time of the year do you start actually for someone who doesn't even know what the Appalachian Trail is it so the Appalachian Trail is a is a is a hiking trail, a footpath that goes from Springer Mountain in Georgia to Mount Katahdin, or it's not Mount Katahdin, it's just Katahdin, uh, Katahdin in Maine, in northern Maine. 
Um, you know how many miles it is long? The, it, it changes because they you know reroute little yeah, sections yeah, of trails. I think the year I did it, I think it was 2189, 2189 miles. Um, I think it might be like 2191 now or something like that. Still though, that's a long way to go. Yeah, oh yeah, it's it's, it's a long hike. I mean, it's, um, yeah, it's, it, so it, it generally takes people anywhere from, you know, four to six months, mm -hmm. uh, four and a half. I mean, that would be really fast, but people do do it. Um, the, the sort of traditional way to do it is to do it um, from Georgia to Maine. Uh, yeah. It's called, uh, they call it Novo, Northbound. So there's Novos and Sobos on the trail. Oh, I see. You can do it either way. And there's a little bit of beef between the two groups. <laughs> it's like mostly in good fun. So you're, you're a Novo? I was a Novo, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so Novos will start, so really early Novos, you, you see people starting in like February, which Damn, is- So there's still snow on the ground. Oh, for sure. Uh -huh. You know, even though it's Georgia, it's, you know, it's the mountains, so it's still, it's still cold. It, it's, it, so it's, it's definitely still winter when they start in, in February. But most people start like mid-March to mid-April. Mm -hmm. That's probably like the most common time. So like you're finishing up in the fall, kind of. Finishing up in the fall, get a little colder. Late summer. Yeah, they, they closed Baxter State Park, which is where Katahdin is. They yeah. closed on October 15th. Okay, so, so, there's, a so there's a little bit of a cutoff. Um, so, so yeah, depending on, you know, depending on like how long you're planning on, on taking to do it, uh, or, or how you want to do it, you know, you'd start anywhere from like February to the middle of May. You know, it's just like college, you wouldn't be able to start until, you know, middle yeah, of May. Yeah, yeah, like a late start, which, which is fine. I mean, we were getting past, when we got like further north, we got passed by people who had started in May, even though we started in early April. They were passing new? Yeah, yeah, just yeah. lighter packs. The, the pack weight makes all the difference. How, how I'm curious about is. the gear. Like, mm -hmm. run me through all your gear. Like, what are you bringing with you? So I kind of break it down into almost like systems. Like I have my like my sleep system, which is my, my pillow, my mattress pad, my sleeping bag. I got my cook systems, really just the, the, the jet oil, the fuel canister, and my water filter, uh -huh. and then clothing. You know, and you have whatever you know whatever you need for clothing, um, a tent, and then. Food and then I mean you miss yeah. there's some miscellaneous items in there that like do you bring like a lighter or like a compass? Oh, I got a lighter, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, how else you gonna smoke? Yeah, exactly. How else are you gonna smoke bowls? Uh, but uh, uh, a compass, you, some people carry, but you really don't need. Probably like a knife. You bring a knife? Yeah. Uh -huh. I mean, you bear spray? Bit, no. You didn't bring? No. On the East Coast, <clears throat> the, the black bears are usually they're, they're not so much of a problem where you need to carry carry bear spray. Uh -huh. So I don't think. I don't think I really ran into any, any serious survivors who were carrying it. Once in a while, you'll see somebody on the East Coast walking around with it. But, uh -huh. um, what even is it? Just like a little canister or something? It's like a yeah, it's like a belt. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. They say the best place to, to keep it is on your chest, because hmm. uh, when you when you get jumped by a bear, you're instinctually gonna you're gonna like you protect your you know the front of yourself. Okay. You're gonna go down, then you can still get it off. You know, you show them your back and then try and get it off and just not, not go crazy with it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Not so. Did you, did you ever have too. any encounters with bears? I've had some bear encounters. Yeah, yeah. It, I, <laughs> um, I got a bear encounter story too. Oh, I'll let you go first. So I, I, I saw a bunch of bears on the Appalachian Trail. Um, saw you know probably twenty something bears. Um, black bears. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's grizzlies. No, no grizzlies out here. Um, thankfully, 
Um, so yeah, all black bears, you know, sometimes a couple cubs and a mother bear, uh-huh. which, you know, if, if you're between them, if you somehow end up between them, is definitely sketchy. But yeah, that's something you don't want. No, for sure. But, you know, if you see them from far enough away, it's, it's not, you know, they usually, they don't really care. They'll just run away from you usually. Uh, I did have one kind of bad bear encounter. <clears throat> it was actually my first bear encounter. Uh, just on a, a couple night, couple nights out in the White Mountains, uh, in between the Long Trail and the AT, it was mm-hmm. like right after the Long Trail. It was, I think it was Labor Day weekend, and uh, me and me and my buddy, the one who got who got hurt and had to get off the Long Trail. Me, me, him, and his girlfriend were were camping just off the Pemigewasset Wilderness uh, uh, River, uh, over over by the Kang, over by the Kang, yeah, yeah. Summer, just off of there. Um, and uh, we had this bear walking to camp. And we were like just about to hang our food bags up, so we're kind of like oh, standing shit. there with our food bags in our hands, and this and this bear starts walking into camp. So, so what's your camp like? You got a couple tents, maybe a fireplace, it's, it's, something it's like, like that. It's basically just two tents. Yeah, we got two tents set up. We were hanging out in his tent, smoking, and just like chilling. <laughs> and it's like dusk, and we're like, all right, we should hang the food up and do something with the food. And uh, as we're getting out to do that, we see this bear walking, and uh, so. <sighs> I start, you know, yelling at it and like clapping my hands at it. What do you say? You're like, hey bear. Hey bear, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember exactly what I said, but you know, yeah, basically, hey bear, you know, get the fuck out of here. That's gotta yeah. send some fucking shock through your system. You yeah, just come out of the tent, bam, bear, yeah, right in front of you. It was a big bear, too. It was a big bear. He, he had to have been four or five hundred pounds. He was definitely one of the bigger bears. I could mess you team. up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Easily. Easily. So he, he's, he's kind of like walking parallel to the river we're like camped in between him and the river and he's okay. sort of just like sort of cruising like parallel to the river like doesn't look like he's super concerned with us but uh, also doesn't look like he's afraid of us at all he's just checking it out so i start yelling at him and he he just like they're supposed to run away but he just turns straight towards us and starts walking straight <laughs> towards us and i'm like this is the opposite of what i thought was going to happen i was like this is not like this is not what i read about and i thought you yell at him and they just take off um, so he starts walking like straight towards us. So, you know, I had no idea if it was the right decision. I mean, we're still alive, so I guess it wasn't like the worst decision. But mm-hmm. basically, just I was like, let's just th- like, throw the food and get in our tent. So I like threw my wow. food in, like practically into the river, like just into the rocks on the edge of the river, and uh, and got in my tent. My my buddy just like panicked a little bit, and sort of just dropped his food bag, and got in the tent. <laughs> like right in the middle, like, where yeah, he was, like, like pretty much oh right next God. to his tent. So. So uh, I'm sitting in my tent and I watch this bear just walk up to his food bag and just pick it up and just like tear it in half like it was like nothing. Just like you like, just like peeking paws. out of the time. I was I had I just had the mesh the, the mesh side so I could just like look through the mesh. I was just sitting there looking at him. So yeah, I mean the tent felt a little safer, I guess. Obviously, it's not yeah, it's just something bear wants something to get you. between you and them. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Gives and you a little peace of mind. Maybe it makes me look like less of a threat, so he's less, you know, interested in mauling me to get his to get his food. Uh, but so you see this bear tear this thing in half and just kind of walk off of it. And a couple minutes go by, so I'm like, okay, like I'm gonna get out of the tent and uh, I start like knocking rocks together and I'm throwing rocks into the woods in the uh-huh. direction that I saw the bear go. You know, just trying to make sure it doesn't like want to come back. And uh, yeah, I'm doing that for probably. I'm, I'm, you know, at least a minute. Uh, maybe it felt longer, but it was probably at least a minute. I'm just knocking rocks together, yelling, and then as I'm walking around the campsite, I realize that the bear hasn't left camp at all. Oh man, he's he, still there. He, he's still there. He's and he's he's probably when I when I see him and notice him, he's 
probably like 15 feet away from me. Ooh. And he's he's sitting with his back against the tree with his legs out in front of him with the food bag in his lap. Yeah. It looks like, it looks just like a human. Down. He's just, and he, he was like looking through it. He wasn't even eating anything. He was just looking through it. He actually didn't eat anything. He, he, he was actually just one well, of the What was food? Uh, it was probably mostly like granola bars and like uh, other stuff. Yeah, so it's probably not stuff they really want to eat. From my experience, it's not. No. Uh, what, what this bear wanted it was interesting. He didn't, after after he did leave, we like sort of gathered up my buddy's food because we were just strewn all over the, yeah. the woods. Um, and all the bear took was the trash from the from the mountain house meal that my buddy had made for dinner. Huh. Like uh, he took the like, trash. He took the trash. Yeah, it's like the freeze dried freeze-dried camping meals where you just sort of add water and it's like beef stroganoff or something. You just stir it up and seal the pouch mm-hmm. and it like rehydrates. Yeah, it was one of those. That was weird. And yeah, it, it was weird. And he actually, there was actually um, other mountain house trash in the in the area with like teeth marks in it that we didn't huh. have. It wasn't, it wasn't our mountain house. So this house was trash. not his first rodeo. No, definitely not. And I think that's why he was so big too. Yeah. Um, Been eating all the human food. Yeah, so so I get back in the tent. I'm like, holy shit, this bear's not gone. I get back in the tent, and uh, you know, eventually he leaves. But he, he came back in the middle of the night and was like pressing his really? nose into my buddy's tent. Oh my, my god! Yeah, my friend, you know, he committed like the you know he he broke like the number one rule in the wilderness, which is food don't, in the don't cook in your tent. Oh, he cooked. Uh, in the he tent. cooked okay. in the tent. Yeah, and you probably shouldn't have your food in there either. But you definitely don't want to like cook in your tent if you're in grizzly country. You 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 cook like. 100 yards away from your tent. You don't uh-huh. cook anywhere near where you sleep. Um, but, uh, yeah, he, he cooked in the tent. We were being lazy. Smoking, smoking weed. Smoking weed. Getting stoned. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> the, the, the high probably just, like, added to the whole situation. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't even remember being high. I think there's so much adrenaline. I think it was, you know. That's kind of scared the shit out of you. It was, it was scary. It was one of those ones where it was, yeah, it was pretty scary. Uh-huh. Um, but that's one of those things that sort of happens so fast that you don't have a ton of time to be scared in the moment. Where you just that was like, like my bear encounter, too. Like, so it was me and my roommate, Aiden. We're literally just, like, out going door to door because we were selling, like, these cards for a fundraiser for the football team. Mm-hmm. And, like, so we're just going door to door. It's starting to get a little dark out. It's probably, like, no, Merrimack. Merrimack. So it's just. And, like, it's, it's like a woody neighborhood. And then, like, we're, we're in the street. Just walking, all of a sudden, bam, bear comes out of the woods, walks right across the street in front of us, yeah. and we just, like, froze. Mm-hmm. And we were just, like, standing there looking at it, and like, we looked at each other, and we're like, that's a bear, right? Yeah. Like, that's a bear. It's like, like a huge dog, feet, or is that a bear? Like, ten feet from us. Wow. Didn't even pay any attention to us. It just kept yeah. doing this thing. Yeah, they like, do that sometimes. Most of the times, they just take off running like they're terrified of you. Because uh-huh. like, oh, they probably are. Oh, yeah, they usually are, yeah. And, like... The most you'll see of a bear is like it's you know it's just ass running into the woods, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and then s- sometimes less frequently you get the ones that just like don't give a shit. They just like keep going about what they're doing. They don't like interact with you, but they just don't really care. Not afraid of there. I've come I've come across a couple of those um, that were just like they weren't afraid. They didn't like run off, but they also didn't care. They just kept uh-huh. doing their thing. Um, that that the that aggressive bear. That's the only time I've ever I've ever experienced any kind of you know. <clears throat> bear thing like that other than that you just like see them kind of yeah it's usually, day, pretty pretty on. it's usually pretty cool seeing them it's usually see like, a lot of deer uh no not as many deer as you would think um I mean, once in a while you know on the AT I guess I guess we would see some some deer but uh yeah not not like not like a ton how about moose 
I have only ever seen one movie Swallows Hiking. Yeah. It was like alive. I've seen some that were like dead in the back of a trailer in Maine, like during hunting season. Yeah. That's a little different though. Yeah. I saw one at the bottom of Musilaki. Me and my wife were hiking. We were doing a night hike. So we were going to start hiking. We did start hiking. It was probably like two or three in the morning. We were going to go up there and try and catch the sunrise. Um, and uh, we were walking. We're like, haven't even gotten to the trail yet. We're, we're over by, Dartmouth has this big, big lodge right mm-hmm. on, right at the bottom of Musilaki. And we parked near that. And just kind of like a big yard around it. And we were just sort of walking along the edge of this yard to get to the, the hiking trail that goes up. And uh, just saw this massive eyeball just glowing, you know, probably seven feet in the air. It was Ooh. like, wow. It, and we just we just gave it a ton of room and just kind of yeah. went, went out to the grass. I mean, the moose isn't really massive, you, is it? Not usually. They can yeah. be aggressive. They, they can be aggressive. Yeah, they definitely can be. You definitely, they're, they're, honestly, they're probably a little bit more dangerous than the black bear really? around here. Yeah. I, because the black bear, you, they're really not very aggressive, and and the moose are just huge, and they and they will occasionally get get a little aggressive. Um, but this one d- didn't care. I guess they have really bad eyesight, so they say. Um, so you you can like you can kind of like hide from them if they're trying to like get you, you know, because they because they're they're fast in straight lines, you know. <laughs> but you you wouldn't think a moose would be fast. No, they're pretty they're pretty fast though. They're pretty. They're pretty skittish. They're pretty good at avoiding people. I mm-hmm. think. You know. I think for they probably want nothing to do with us. I think so. Yeah. But my, Same thing with bears. Yeah. They probably want nothing to do with us. Exactly. Unless unless like a bear for some reason gets used to human food and uh-huh. and like, like that one that was maybe in your camp. Yeah. Like he had, he he had a couple of human meals and he's like, oh, hey, this stuff's pretty good. good. Yeah. yeah. I, another. I saw another pretty big bear. Um, in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, this like little tourist town in the uh-huh. Smoky Mountains. And I was at a Motel 6, um, and this bear just came in and was just raiding the dumpster. And it, he, was just, he was just opened up and just, like, pulling bags out. It's, wow. it's funny how, how human-like bears can look and seem sometimes. And, like, the way they move and, like, some of the, the intelligence that they'll display mm-hmm. in, like, getting food. There's, there's something very, like, familiar about bears uh, that I find kind of interesting. It, just like like that bear I saw, where he was just sitting with his like legs out with the food bag in his lap. Yeah, it, it was it like was a just child. Like, it was such a, yeah, it was such a human way to sit. It was huh. So so odd. Maybe uh, the more the more they're around us, they get accustomed to us, and they, they pick up on they, our things. Like, oh, that's a cool way to sit. <laughs> they are very smart animals. I'm like, sure they, they are, man. And, and that's why they become so problematic once they get human food, because they they like don't forget how they got that food. They like know. They're like, oh, I'm a. I'm a bird feeder bear now. I'm just gonna crush bird feeders <laughs> and dumpsters and like whatever uh, trash cans and shit. That's why they they're everywhere, you know. Mm-hmm. I, they just, there was just a bear in um, a tree like on Hanover Street the other day in Manchester. Yeah, in Manchester, like a bear cub. Damn. Yeah, Manchester. You think they steer clear of kind of the city? Yeah, they wander every once in a while. Yeah, they definitely doesn't like that much space, you know. And and they can eat so much like human food. They're like they're, yeah, they're sort of like giant skunks. They're like big giant like raccoons they're just like big scavengers big dumpster diving scavengers <laughs> i've seen some raccoons raid some trashes before like because my family we go up north sometimes for vacation like lincoln that area yeah and like one night we were we came outside and like, a bunch of raccoons around the trash can pulling shit out yeah. going to town man just enjoying it yeah yeah ra- raccoons are also smart uh, about how they get their food and mm. You ever like see like little raccoon footprints like all over the lid of your trash can or something like? <laughs> oh yeah, season. They've done that. Really show up. Yeah, 
rip open the trash, make a mess of everything. Yeah. Oh, they'll, they'll get into anything. Yeah, they're, they're crafty. But let's get let's get back to like the Appalachian Trail here. Sure. So you're starting in May. You said I started um, April fourth. I started April fourth. I flew down flew down from Boston to Atlanta. Had uh, scheduled a ride with a with a guy who's like. I got a phone number out of the Appalachian Trail guidebook that I had. Called this guy. He's like, I can't give you a ride that day, but I know this guy who probably could. Mm-hmm. Gave me this guy's number. I called him, and he's like, Yeah, we'll meet you at the airport at this <laughs> time. And I was like, All right, cool. And it was, it was like, okay, it was like two hundred bucks or something. It's a, it's a far ride. It's like a three and a half four hour ride. Oh damn! Up, okay, so yeah. to get to the starting point from Atlanta, but it was cool. The guy was like, had lived in Georgia his whole life, was big into hunting and the outdoors. So uh, I was able to ask him about. You know some of the wildlife down south because I'd never hiked down south, so I was a yeah. Especially if you're in a new place, you probably kind of want to get an idea of what you what you can expect. Yeah, we don't have any poisonous snakes up here in New Hampshire. Oh, um, you're right. They got and, those down south. Yeah, so well, we 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 do have rattlesnakes up here. They're just really uncommon. Uh-huh. Um, but but they have copperheads down down south, and copperheads are definitely more aggressive. You know, rattlesnakes are usually pretty docile. Mm-hmm. Don't really want to mess with you. They don't really want anything to do with you, but but copperheads can be can be much more aggressive. So so it was nice talking to him about you know why where should I be watching out for copperheads? Like what you know talking about you know wild wild hogs and like how likely it would be to run into wild hogs, which Mm -hmm. also can be pretty aggressive. Um, So so that was kind of cool. He was a great guy to get a ride with. Like he he made me feel pretty good. Yeah, give you like a little intro. He's like, yeah, up in the mountains, it's not going to be as bad. He's like. By water sources, maybe just keep an eye out where you step and uh-huh. where you put your hands. But uh, but up in the mountains, it shouldn't be too much of a problem. So I was like pretty, you know, he, he set my mind at ease a little bit about that. But uh, yeah, he, he dropped me off. Um, it was it was like later in the evening by the time, you know, I got down there, obviously, because I you know flown from Boston, plus like a three-hour car ride. So I just hiked like a mile or two to the summit of Springer Mountain. Uh, to you know the starting point, mm-hmm. and I basically camped like a few hundred yards away from there, and uh, yeah, that's how it started out. Um, and uh, did you go alone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most most people start alone um, because well, it's hard to find another person who wants to. Yeah, like, like not, every, not everyone's gonna want to just go spend six months. But it, I think it's also the the best way to do it too, just to go alone uh-huh. because if if you if you go into it like oh, I'm hiking with this person like you don't know if your hiking styles are necessarily going to match up so like you know if it's like one of your good buddies from back home you're not going to want to just like leave him one day when he only feels like going 10 miles but like but you want to go, go 15 and like the cute you know group of girls that you, you guys have met and been hiking with is going at 15 and you're like dude I <laughs> like I don't know like I don't know so, so you don't want to be in that situation so it's good to just start alone and just you know, just be a, a free agent out there. Um, and, and people are, you know, there's so many people that are starting this hike mm-hmm. in, in that time frame. So, you know, that first night, there were probably at least 15 other people at this campsite, you know, mm-hmm. starting out there. People you had never met before in your people, entire people life. People I'd never met. And, and oh, and actually that, that first night, met a guy who was finishing a big section Sat, he was coming southbound. He was, so he was just finishing. Oh, wow. So he was like and, about done. Yeah, and he, he had hiked from... Somewhere in Virginia, somewhere in northern Virginia. So he'd been out for about a thousand miles, mm-hmm. and he had, and he through hiked the previous year. So he was he was a great guy to talk to about it too. It's like oh this guy has done like three thousand miles on the Appalachian Trail in the last 
a couple of years. So I remember talking to him about some stuff, but but you know, like I you know said earlier, at this point I I hiked that long the long trail, so I had a pretty I had a pretty good understanding of like what I was getting in for. Like I knew what getting water would look like. I knew that I was going to hitchhike into town every three days to hit a grocery store. I knew that was like kind of just like the flow of it. Where do you get your water? Rivers? Yeah, yeah, wherever, whatever you cross. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, if it's running, it's obviously better. You know, they're drinking out of some like disgusting pond. Uh-huh. But, uh, and you filter it too? Yeah, yeah. I it, Once in a while, like on, on shorter trips, I, if I'm feeling lazy, I'll take the risk of uh, just drinking it unfiltered. Because Giardia is going to take a couple days to get you anyway. <laughs> so, like, if I'm only out for a couple days, I'll be like, yeah, I'll be home. I'll be back at work by the time I'm like shitting myself. Like, <laughs> That's funny. Like, whatever. Um, but yeah, you, yeah, you filter it. Um, yeah, streams, rivers. Yeah, there, there's you know there's so much water on the east coast, and you're just up in the mountains all the time. So there's it's pretty easy to come by. Pretty easy to come by. You know, in, in dry years like this past year, I guess uh, water got a little bit tough for some people mm-hmm. on the AT. Like people were having a having to hike 15, 20 miles in between water sources, which is a lot. So like at that point, you're gonna have to carry like four or five liters, which which is way more than I've ever, you know, uh-huh. ever carried. And again, that's way, it's heavy. It's yeah. you down. Water is one of the heaviest things you could be carrying. Uh-huh. So, so it's nice when those, those streams are flowing and you can just kind of pick and choose where you get it. Um, the filter I have for the Appalachian Trail is basically one that just screws onto the top of a water bottle and then you just squeeze it. You just squeeze it out. And just, oh, so it filters like into your mouth almost? Uh, you, you could drink straight through it. Usually I would, I would fill up. I would fill up a whole liter. I'd squeeze out. I'd filter a whole liter into uh-huh. a clean bottle. Oh, so yeah, I just like drink more freely, <clears throat> and then I'd refill the dirty bottle for for later to filter mm-hmm. later once the once I drank the clean one. Um, Something we take for granted, man. Every day. Oh, just water. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, like how how easy is it? You flip a switch and it right comes now. out of your faucet. Right. Yeah. No. No work but required. Like, when you're out in the wilderness, like you gotta work for it. Yeah. And. You know, some, sometimes you get to these water sources, it's like, oh, there's a little side trail here where you got to go down, you know, a tenth of a mile or two tenths of a mile to get to the water and then, like, get back up. It's always down. It's always downhill uh, to get to the water. Um, so so it, it can be a little bit of a chore. Now I carry um, just, like, a gravity-fed system where I basically fill up this, like, two-liter bag and I just either hang it from, like, a tree branch or whatever's available and then these hoses hook up to it mm-hmm. and the water, you know, the water just flows through. I just set my water bottle down so I can like rummage around in my pack for snacks or do other things. I've, I've squeezed out so many liters, so many hundreds of liters. I'm like, <laughs> I just, I never want to do it again. Like the filter I have now is technically a little bit heavier than the filter I was using on the Appalachian Trail, but uh, it's worth it. it. It's worth it to just not have to. Now, how, like how big of a pack? Are you carrying with you? Do you know how many pounds? Uh, on the AT, I was my pack. I think I want to say my base weight. So <clears throat> without food and water, I want to say my base weight was like was like twenty something pounds, twenty three, twenty five pounds, I think. Um, so then, then with food and water, it would start to get up towards thirty. 30 pounds or a little bit over 30 pounds. And you got that on your back all day. All all day, every day. You know, you, you don't go anywhere without your pack, pretty much. Um, so uh, my pack's much lighter now. Uh-huh. It makes a huge difference. It makes all the difference in the world. The pack weight. Really? Oh, all the difference in the world. Well, you're probably doing shorter hikes now, though, right? So you don't need to bring as much, or? Oh, it's not even that. Even even for longer hikes, like mm-hmm. even if I was going to go hike the Appalachian Trail now, you bring a smaller pack. Oh my, yeah, my base weight would be like 12, 
13 pounds, yeah. probably. Yeah. After, so you want to go like as bare minimum as possible, almost. For sure. I mean, it's also about like how much money you're willing to invest in it, mm -hmm. um, and getting the lighter weight options. You usually for to get something that's lighter weight, you either you know it's either, it's either going to cost way more, it's going to be less durable or less comfortable, you know? Mm -hmm. So like finding like the balance of all of those things gotcha. or just like shell out the money for it. Like a after the trail, you know, me, me and Julie knew we wanted to uh, upgrade our gear. So, you know, when we were, when we were back working, like in pretty short order, it was like, all right, $600 sleeping bag, but it weighs a pound. It weighs like one pound yeah, and it's gotcha. warmer than my other sleeping <clears> bag. And then, you know, bought a lighter backpack and a, and a lighter sleeping pad and just basically lighter everything. Mm -hmm. And, just uh, so you can move faster. Just so you can move faster. I mean, so me, me and my wife hiked the long trail last summer. Yeah. And uh, we were able to do it in, in 18 days um, be, because of the, the lightweight packs. Um, we were able to do, you know, 20 miles a day uh, or, or more. That's um, no joke, man. That's like pushing pushing yeah. a marathon. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, yeah, it's a long day. And uh, if you do that with like 35 pounds on your back, you are going, you're going to feel it. So. We would do twenty mile days on the Appalachian Trail, but uh, we would we would have to take like a day off after. So yeah. it almost like didn't make any sense to, to push those twenties because oh, like you. we would just end up taking the next day off. Uh -huh. Like we did it. Our our longest day on the trail was uh, twenty nine miles. Damn. Yeah, almost thirty miles. It was like twenty nine and a half miles. And like how long are you hiking during the day? Like probably like that, 10, 12 hours. That day, all yeah, all day. Yeah. That day had to have been. Yeah, probably maybe even more. Uh -huh. that, that might have been close to like a fifteen-hour day. Yeah, that's a long time. Yeah, and yeah. You're just moving at like the slow and steady pace. Slow almost. and steady pace. That's probably the best way to do it. You don't want to tempo up too much. For sure, because you'll just burn yourself out. Yeah. You know, it's it's more about just hiking. And then there's a the chance you get hurt. Yeah, if you're like running faster. Pull something, twist your ankle, trip and fall. Yeah, it's, it's all about just like putting in the hours. You know, to get those like distances, have a lighter pack, and then just. You know, just put it in the put it in the hours. Um, but yeah, so I, I so I started I started the trail alone. Uh, I ended up meeting my my wife on the second day. Uh, she she also started alone. That's wild, man. It was, wife. It was pretty wild. Appalachian Trail. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty. Not cool. many people can say that. No, some no, people were like, like, oh, I went to school with them. Yeah, yeah. They're like, no, I met her on in the wilderness yeah no it was awesome i mean however you meet you know your, your wife is, is cool but but it was awesome it was you know it, it started as like a, as just a friendship we were just hiking uh -huh. like in the same in the same trail group it was like a group of five of us that kind of on the second night just uh stuck together just kind of we talked and it was supposed to rain really hard the next day and we were like we were gonna we were going over blood mountain and uh, just on the other side of blood mountain is this place called neil's gap and uh it's like a pretty famous place on the Appalachian Trail because it's where, like, seventy percent of people who start quit. Uh, really? It's, Is yeah, it pretty short end? Yeah, it's only like thirty something miles. Oh, so some people like they just do the beginning and they're like, I can't do this. I yeah, go they realize really quickly like, oh, this isn't what I thought it was. <laughs> you know, like this, you know, this backpacking thing is different than what I expected. Um, and there's a there's a hostel there that sells a bunch of gear because it's it's a great spot to be like, oh. You, the reason you can't hike this is because you're carrying 40 pounds. Let's let us oh, sell you a I whole see. bunch of new stuff. And it's not like they're like ripping people off. They're doing like a good service. And you're probably, you can probably trade in stuff, I would think, too, right? You know, not, I, I don't know. That, for, I, I, you know, I don't know. That would be a good system, though. 
if you have yeah, an like, oh, like, I'll give you this offer that. like, oh, we have nine canisters of propane. Yeah, <laughs> we could yeah. probably give you a couple of our right. extra ones. Right. Um, pe- people will also get rid of things on the trail uh, in hyper boxes. We're, we're basically just a box that's, like, left at a hospital. Oh, so like someone else and, can just come and take? Yeah, if it's, like, a piece of gear you don't want anymore, you mm-hmm. can just leave it in that, like, and then, and then whoever can come by and get it. But anyway, so so we met met this group of it was five of us, and we decided we were gonna you know we were gonna try and get one of the cabins that they rent out at this hostel. They, there's like a there's like ten cabins or whatever. Yeah. And we're like, all right, we're gonna rent out a cabin. We're gonna get some beers. We're gonna hang out. We're gonna have <laughs> the rain. And uh, and we did. And you know we we were able to get one of the cabins and uh, and had a couple beers. And then we're like, all right, this is a cool little friend group we have. So we we stuck together for another another couple of weeks until we started to to. You know, break apart a little bit. Yeah, and there was there was one guy who he wasn't gonna hike the whole trail. He only had until the Fourth of July, so he just wanted to make as many miles as possible. Mm-hmm. So he he kind of he, he he pushed through. Uh, so he went ahead, kind of. He went he went ahead. We we're like, all right, you know, he's he's going. That's so then it was a group of four, and then um, and then yeah, and then as that you know when me and Julie, I mean. Really, like we sort of paired up based on our our hiking speed uh-huh. uh, initially. Like, like the two of us like would hike a little bit further usually than the the other two people in the group. So eventually, it, it, you know, it was it just, just us. Sense. And but you, and then we found other people to hike with through the Smokies. So we we had um, we call them like trail families. We had a couple of like That's little cool, trail man. families. Some camaraderie. Uh, yeah, because because everybody out there is um, kind of looking for that. Yeah, you know? like. It, it's actually like not, a, not not everyone just goes and hikes the Appalachian Trail. You gotta be a special type of person to do that. It, you know that. So there's like that sort of like shared connection. Like they're all like kind of looking for this adventure. You know, but but also like everybody's like a little lonely. Everyone's you know yeah. left their homes, left their friends, and they're just, and they're doing something that they they are not sure that they can do. Uh-huh. You know, like it's cause it's such a you know it's a, I think like twenty five percent of people who who start the AT finish it. It's not a super high success rate. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so people people are like trying to like link up. It just happens. It's like summer camp. It's like I'm a, it's like a cross of like summer camp and like freshman year of college and like hiking. And it's, <laughs> it's it's not us. It, it is. It's cool, man. It's uh, so you know you get to towns and there's like a bar in the town and it's just like full of hikers. Oh, or like at a hostel or a hotel, like especially early on in the trail when, when the bubble is like so big they call it they, they call it the bubble like the, the, the just a big group of people yeah okay. there's like multiple bubbles every year but you know if you start in early April you are you know, definitely in the bubble people. yeah and uh yeah we'll like basically rent out these entire motels and everyone's just sitting outside of the rooms drinking beers hanging out oh, meeting each other and it's a great time it's a great time and uh and, and yeah and so yeah me, yeah me and Julie just uh just kind of became friends and then you know just how how it is you know it just sort of you know morphs from there just the bond. yeah yeah and then it just you know just turns turns romantic at a point and uh yeah and then the rest is history yeah, especially if you're one-on-one with that person yeah like yeah i mean you just it's so much time to talk mm-hmm. you know i you know the, the six months i was hiking with julie it was like oh i know her i know her better than girls i dated for two and a half years i bet you know, man like, just because you're out there you only have each other all as all day every day. Uh-huh. So you wake up next to this person, uh, go to sleep next to this person. You're walking with them all day, and just going to these beautiful places. You're just working out all the time. So you got the endorphins going. It, it was cool. It was sweet. 
um, and, and she had never backpacked before. Uh-huh. Like she, she, she went into like it what's kind of her green. backstory on hiking the Appalachian Trail? Like, is she from New Hampshire? She's from Pennsylvania. Okay. She's she's from she's from Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. She's from yeah. Amish Amish country. Uh, she she uh, she was twenty when she when she hiked it. So I was a little bit older than her. Mm-hmm. I was, was twenty six. Um, she had just dropped out of college though, and, and was just looking for like something, looking to get a win, you know, like, looking to do something cool. Um, and she had like worked on a farm for the the year leading up to the trail that was like right on the Appalachian Trail. It was a uh, basically there was a little side trail from this farm that went. So up she probably trail. saw hikers all the time. So yeah, so she would go up there and hike and met a bunch of hikers uh-huh. and just decided it, it was something badass that she wanted to do. Um, so she did. So she saved up the money. Yeah, and, that's like, impressive, man. One yeah. by herself. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh yeah. It it wasn't I mean that was initially I was like, holy shit. I was like, who's this twenty year old girl who's just out here who just like just is like this badass? Like she's just like <laughs> not afraid, just gonna is like, yeah, I'm gonna hike twenty two hundred miles like that. Um so so initially I was very like sort of like interested in her when I first met her. Like I, I was like, this one, she has to be older. I was like, she can't just be twenty. And that's so, pretty young, man. Right. Yeah, yeah. After twenty next month. Yeah, yeah, nice, <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, so, so yeah, she had a little like GPS device that she would um, where um, her parents like paid for this like subscription. It was like a service. Oh, just so um, they could kind of keep track of her. Yeah, and she would like basically like get, it would like send out a location every night. She would hit this button, and the the satellite would like send a message to her parents. Uh-huh. Like, she's right here, and she would even like type in a message like on oh, it. Like, oh, that's cute. And you have cell service enough on the trail where you can check in. Plenty, but it was some some peace of mind for her parents mm-hmm. uh, center with that, and it's, it's also like an SOS thing. Like if you got into a yeah, really bad spot, you can you can hit you hit that and like call in a rescue, which I actually have seen before. I've actually been been a part of one of these incidents. Really, where we someone hit. got hurt or something? Or? No, I I got this old lady super high. Oh got, man, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was. It was terrible, man. I still feel bad about it. <laughs> so she had to get emergency evac to up. Yeah. Or was she just paranoid as fuck? I, I think a little bit of that, but her heart rate also got really oh, low. I think, she was, I think she was on blood pressure medication, if I remember correctly. And uh, it was, yeah, she like passed out for a second and then was like, was like, yeah, just in rough shape. It, but she was also kind of just too high because she just was like, yeah, I just keep thinking about how hard today was. It was just such a hard day. And uh, and it, it was really good weed. It was really strong weed. I found it in the middle of nowhere, Virginia, Southwest Virginia, absolute middle of nowhere. Just from some dude. Yeah, yeah. Some yeah. dude on the side of the road. Yeah. So I think we had hitchhiked with him earlier in the day. We were we were in town for a couple of days, and uh, we were we were like we walked to some breakfast place, and we were like, oh, let's just hitch back to the hotel. And we like and and, and like just looking at the guy, I'm like, this guy knows where to get weed. And so, <laughs> so, so I just asked him, and yeah, he got me weed, and it was. And it was and it was really strong weed. Do you so you, you find your substances on the trail? You don't go in with anything. Some people go in with it. Um, yeah. And I, now that it's like almost legal, legal in some places, I'm sure more people are just like traveling with it. Definitely. Like, I, you know, it's definitely easier to get it too. For sure. For sure. Um, yeah, and I mean, and I'm guessing at least some of these trail towns in like Massachusetts have dispensaries now. Oh, I would, I would think. Um, but yeah, finding weed, you know, in the beginning of the trail wasn't wasn't super easy because people who have weed to smoke don't want to like sell yeah, it. Yeah, they don't want to. Like, oh, this is like one of my it's my precious resource right here. Like, it almost it, more important than food, I would think. You know, it's it's a little bit absurd to say it, but it, it 
you know, weed was pound for pound, one of the most valuable things in your backpack. I fucking did that, man. You have like an eighth of an ounce of something, and it can it can radically change your mindset yeah. on, on like, like a hard day. Just keep you going. Oh, for sure. Oh, it's 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 a game changer because because at the end of the day, the Appalachian Trail is is mostly mental. Yeah, but we'll, we'll get to that. So this this old lady, this so yeah, she just she got way too high. She's and there was this old Vietnam vet there, thankfully. And he like kind of took control of the situation. <laughs> he wasn't high. He didn't smoke. And uh, oh, this is so funny. And and yeah, he, he like pulled me aside. He's like, "Do you know how to do CPR? Like, we have to do CPR." I was like, "Oh, I took a class." Like, yeah, yeah. And you're fucking face out of your mind. Shit! I'm like, I can't believe I just killed this old lady. <laughs> and uh, she, we rolled the blunt. She hit the blunt so hard when it, when it, when she, it was just like a. It was like a dragon, dude. She just like coughed up all the smoke, <laughs> and I was just like, "Oh no!" Oh, I was like, funny. "Oh no!" And uh, yeah, oh. so we like we like pushed the button, and I'm like, "Man, these these rescue authorities in the middle of nowhere, Virginia, the cops are gonna come up and be like, what happened to this this poor old lady? Who who got this lady high? They didn't. They didn't. Thankfully, um, like trying to figure out where the weed came from or whatever. But yeah, it was. It, it was kind of sad. I think she quit the trail after that. Damn, yeah. She, she just got, got too high. high. Got too high, yeah. And but got to see that 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 device, that spot device, that GPS thing, it did work. Really can yeah. save your life. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it took them a couple hours to get up there, but they came up there with like twenty people, twenty people, and like a you know gurney with a carrier rod mm-hmm. on. Yeah, I still kind of feel bad about that. Yeah, I think her kids like didn't want her to keep hiking after that. She's probably like. Late 60s, 70s. Uh, that was it. Damn, yeah, man. You ended her career. I, I ended, I ended her, her Appalachian Trail through with a blunt. Yeah, I still <laughs> bad at it. Most um, people don't finish it, though. You said only about 25% of people finish the trail? Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, just, it, you know, there's just so many things that can get you out there. Mm-hmm. You know, between, you know, just fatigue, uh, boredom, homesickness. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of things that can get you out of there. That's why I say it's. It's mo- it's mostly mental. Yeah, as yeah. much of a physical challenge as it is. Yeah, you have to be mentally sharp for sure. Because it's you know, the, the, at a certain point, the, the physical thing doesn't get easy, but it's almost a given. You know, like, yeah. I'm just gonna walk. My legs, if my if I if my brain can tell my legs to keep going, you my legs will basically just keep going uh-huh. for forever uh, until my feet start to bleed or or whatever. But uh, so that's that's why the weed just like you know really helps. It, it, you know, it's you know five six o'clock in the afternoon. It's like a hot summer day, and you've you've come like fifteen miles. You still got like three or four to it go. Just keeps you going. And yeah, it just keeps you going. You're like you're just like tired. You, just, you smoke a little bit. You're like all right, this is cool. Like I'm happy to be out. Re-energize. Yeah, it just re-energizes you a little bit. Just changes your perspective a little bit. We we just call it just an attitude adjustment. You know? That's really what it is, man. Because it doesn't like it doesn't give you any more energy. Like, you're not eating anything. No. Right, yeah. So, but so yeah, it changes the changes the mindset and and just like you know maybe gives you something else to think about for the last like two hours of the day mm-hmm. while you, you know while you're pushing into camp. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I found I found weed to be extremely helpful. It like, really is medicine, man. Yeah, I say it all the time. Weed is medicine. Yeah, it definitely. In some ways, yeah. I mean, people can abuse it for sure. Right, but just like you can abuse ibuprofen. Yeah, you know? seriously. But you, it, you have too much of that, it'll fucking rot your stomach. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, kill you, kill your liver and stuff. Yeah. You know, if you mix that with alcohol, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, weed, weed is, uh, 
it's amazing the benefits you can get from it if you're using it right. You know, mm-hmm. you're not you're not letting it use you. You know, I've definitely known people that have that have kind of ended up in a in a bad spot with weed. You know, just just smoking smoking their lives away. Yeah, all day um, every day. Just all day all day every day. Just sort of it takes like, your soul. Yeah, it, it really can. It takes so much of your motivation. You uh-huh. know, I, I think there's also something to be said for like if it makes you feel like everything's okay when things aren't okay. It's just that alone is gonna sort of slow. Slow your action down. Yes. Yeah. You know, if you're like, oh, like, oh, I have this like shitty job I don't like, and and live in this shitty apartment I don't like, but just, I just like, get high and then, like getting baked, my day's fine. Terrible. Yeah. And, but and, like you're not really progressing or anything. Exactly. You're so just fucking doing the same shit every day, getting stoned. It might just be better to let yourself feel that sort of pressure yeah. to change, you know, rather than just sort of mask it up with weed, which I think is what what a lot of people do. But if used right, man, I, I know. If, you know, there's not many things that are more more valuable yeah, it's than medicine and cannabis. Yeah, yeah it is kind of off topic, but I think it, nowadays it's so easy to just be stimulated whenever you want. Like yeah. kids my age with like nicotine and the vaping, like you can have that instant dopamine hit whenever you want it, and yeah. I don't think that's a good thing to have around all the time. No, because that'll zap your motivation. Absolutely. You're, you're waking and baking, ripping the vape all day. It's too easy. Like, yeah. And, it, like, you're not going to want to do anything. Like, you're just going to want to lay in bed and fucking play Minecraft. Right, right. Because like, that's why fun. would you want to yeah. do anything else? Yeah. You have all the stimulation you, you could need right there. Right, exactly. That's Like, why would you go to the gym to, like, feel good if you can feel good just sucking on this little stick? Right, yeah. No, it's, it's a trap. It's a, it's, that's a real trap that I think, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people fall into. And, I mean... I definitely worry about your generation with all this, with yeah, all this it's stuff. Tough. It's tough, man. Growing up today, I don't know, it's just weird. Oh, I can't even imagine. So man. strange. I can't even imagine what college and in, in like my early twenties would have been like with like today. Yeah, like with with smartphones and with with um, with just the way social media is, like Tinder, hookup apps, mm-hmm. and stuff. Man. I don't use Tinder or any of that. I'd rather yeah. just meet someone in real life. Like, I don't think I ever want to go on those apps. Yeah, I, yeah. Just doesn't feel real. Doesn't feel real. And like, how, how many times are people going to really match up with like the profile that they've sort of like shown you? Um, yeah, it's. I don't know. I don't think it's as hard to meet people in real life as some people make it out to be. You just got to be outgoing. Yeah, you got to be willing. You, you can't get like, you know, you know, you can't worry too much about like rejection. If you ask a girl to just get a cup of coffee sometime. Yeah, it's not like, like you know, you're not, you're not asking something. her if she like. Well, Mary, Mary, yeah. It's <laughs> like, just, who cares? As long as you got to take a show for it. Yeah. That, I think in the past few years, I personally have gotten a lot more outgoing. Yeah. Like, I don't know, I used to always be kind of like this shy, reserved kid. But then, like, I don't know, come a certain point, I just, like, stopped caring what other people thought. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to be me. Yeah. I don't have any issue talking to people anymore. Like, talking to people used to not be as easy for me as it is now mm-hmm. like because now I, I like a work I work a serving job so like it's my job to talk to people and right, you have to be so like and yeah. just like that has just like I put in so many reps I'm at a point where like I can talk to anyone yeah you just like, sort of like do it find common ground mm-hmm. like it's really not that hard it's just human to human yeah it's, I think the hardest part uh, breaking the ice is, yeah breaking the, the ice, ice and getting over any sort of like fear of uh, like rejection or mm-hmm. like somebody's not going to like you which I think comes with age. I, I was shy when I was when I was younger. I, mm-hmm. I didn't talk a lot uh, in like high school and, and even college a little bit. Um, but like you said, you just at a certain point you just sort of stop caring. Yeah. You're just like, oh, I'm just this is just me. Like some people are gonna like it, some people aren't gonna like it, and that's not mm-hmm. that's not like really my problem. 
And I would argue some of the things that helped me get over that, like social anxiety, were maybe weed, maybe psychedelics, because yeah. they, they give you that mindset shift. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. I, you know, I, I didn't take psychedelics until after I was already like not shy. But uh -huh. I, I, I am curious about how that would have, like, if I had done that like towards the end of high school or in college. First I, time I took psychedelics, I was like sixteen. Mm -hmm. Dropped acid. Yeah, it's fucking unreal. Yeah, I bet. yeah, it's, it's just so much like stimulation and like you're like seeing the world for the first time again. Like it almost feels like you're a little kid again. Oh like, yeah, everything definitely. seems so new and vivid. Everything's real. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, like right. you connect different thoughts in your head. Like there's no way to describe sure. it in words. No, there's really people. not. And I think I think describing it as like almost like being a kid again is it really is, is. is kind of one one of the best ways to describe. Another it. way I've heard people talk about psychedelics is like. It's like you're going down a sledding hill, and you keep going down over and over again. You're gonna make a track mm -hmm. in the snow, mm -hmm. and like taking psychedelics is like putting down a fresh bed of snow. Sure, so you can make all these new curves and go down the mountain whenever way you please. Yeah, no, I like I like that analogy. That is kind of what it. Also, it got like. really dark in here. Yeah, do you need to do you need to change it? No, we're good. I'm gonna light about it. Sun just went down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, yeah, psychedelics are fun. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't I didn't do psychedelics until I was 27, mm -hmm. I want to say. It, um, I would argue people definitely should wait until like, yeah. they're older and an adult. Because like, that shit can mess you up it's, really easily. Yeah, and it's, it's almost like it's too much fun. Uh -huh. like, I feel like if I had discovered that at like 20 or 21, I'd have been like, oh, this shit is awesome. If you're abusing it and you're taking it like every day, like, yeah. you're yeah. going to lose touch with reality. For sure. If you keep going like that. For sure. Yeah, yeah, it, just just like anything, like weed, you know, it can be. You can lose every, touch with reality on weed. Yeah, yeah. Every every substance kind of has that like that like dark darker side to it, mm -hmm. you know, like this, like you know, you, you hear talked about on podcasts a lot. Like chemicals aren't good or bad; they just are what they are. Yeah, you know, the, for sure. The Greek word for medicine and poison is the same, the same oh, thing. Like really in, in ancient Greece, yeah, it's yeah, because it's all about like dosage and how you're using it. Um, uh huh. So yeah, pharmacon I think is I don't yeah. know, man. but yeah, it's it's the same word for for poison or medicine. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely don't like regret doing psychedelics like later. You know, mm -hmm. I don't feel like I like missed out because yeah, I, I felt like you know when I the first time I did it, it was like middle of the night, took acid and walked across Boston. Ooh, that sounds yeah. like a good time. It was it was awesome, man. We, we, I forget the name of the street, but we were walking down that street that kind of has like the park running through the middle of it. I forget if it's Commonwealth Ave. It's like kind of near Fenway. Okay. It a, like it's like a one way street on one side of it, one way on the other side, and like a park running through the middle of it. And we just walked through that park and like oh. past all these statues and like it's just the middle of the night. We jumped on the lights and I was like, man, this is awesome oh. and I was just with one of my best friends and I was like this is so cool um yeah I, I haven't done them in a while I'm due I'm due but uh yeah, do you smoke not, weed a lot nowadays not as much not as much as I used to uh -huh. but like but I still but I still do occasionally yeah, here yeah I, I like it uh I don't, I don't like to smoke like beginning of the day or in, yeah unless I'm, I'm the same way like if I'm backpacking then I might I might smoke thing. a little bit with my coffee while I'm like watching the sun come up in the woods I enjoy that. Awake and bake can just ruin your day, though. For sure. If it's just like a regular day. If you get, if you get too high, like, you're going to forget all the stuff you have to do, and the things you do get to, you're just not going to do them right. You're not going to do it as well. Like, yeah. last Monday, <laughs> I think I I woke and woke 
and then like woke him up. Okay. I went to the grocery store. I think I had the least productive grocery shopping experience of my entire life. Like I literally did not get anything that like I, that was useful. Right. You just like, like looking at it all later, like what the fuck was I thinking? Yeah, what was I doing? <laughs> yeah, I know. Like forget everything that I need to get. Yeah, yeah, it can de- it can definitely kind of derail mm. productivity, you know. So so, so I you got to use them the right way. Yeah, I, I like it end of the end of the day. You know, yeah, time. unwind. Yeah, yeah, kind of unwind maybe before dinner, and then you know me and my wife will like smoke a little bit and then cook, you know. So That's we're just fire. like kind of like talking while we're like chopping up mm-hmm. vegetables and like whatever, and and then and then maybe smoke a little on the couch, like watch some Netflix end of the night, and then yeah, just, just go relax, to bed. chill out. Yeah, when when I was younger, it was definitely more like. You know, it's like, oh, let's get high and do yeah. this, or get high and do that, and just kind of, kind of smoking at random times throughout the day. You kind of like, out, did you kind of outgrow that eventually? Yeah, yeah. Or did you have to like tell, like, set it to yourself? You're like, I need to stop doing this. It was like a mix of both. Yeah, it was kind of a mix of both. Um, it it wasn't so much like just like implementing that discipline on myself. I just like kind of didn't want to anymore. Uh huh. You know, like you reach like, a certain point, you're like, all right, what am I doing here? Yeah, I mean. Be- becoming like shift leader at the Nashua store for Whole Foods, I was like, I'm definitely not gonna be high at all before I come in for these shifts. Cause uh-huh. like you're responsible for everything in the building. So if like some old guy has a heart attack and I have to bust out the AED and like yeah, you call the fire department. Yeah, so I'm like, I'm. So then then after that, it was like, all right, I just don't, I don't really like getting stoned during the day anymore. You know, I was just like, uh, yeah, just kill, unless I'm like hiking. I, I like like if I'm gonna be really physically active. During the day, I do like I do like smoking mm-hmm. a little bit. Like I, I do like smoking and going sometimes. To the day yeah, all. sometimes I like smoke before I go to the gym. Yeah, I, I find you it. hit the mind muscle connection, man. Yeah, you, yeah, it just like it makes the whole workout more interesting. You just feel stuff more, and yeah, I, I find that to be really enjoyable. Sometimes I just get so paranoid, though. Do you? Yeah, I yeah, it's like so paranoid. I'm like, oh my god, what's going on? It, it, it took, looking at me. It took me until I was a little bit older to start getting that. But uh-huh. then once I started getting that, that also kind of helped me not, um, as not much. smoke as much. Because I'm like, oh, there's there's like a side to this I don't I don't like. So I started to figure out like the settings where I really do like it, like mm-hmm. hiking, working out, and then end of the night. I'm like that's that's pretty good. But you know, I still I still use it pretty you know pretty regularly. Um, it just it's just about when it's just about you know mm-hmm. when it's changed. I think sometimes I smoke too much. Yeah, which is young good. Like, I definitely did when I was your age. Yeah, yeah. What like it's like multiple times a day. Sometimes, sometimes yeah. yeah. Sometimes I will smoke multiple times a day. But like, I it never really gets in the way of like my life. Yeah, I've and I've never been trying to do that and like I can no be productive. Problems. Yeah. Sometimes it makes me a little less productive. Yeah. But it doesn't make me completely unproductive. Sometimes it can make me indecisive too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like if I had the day off, like yesterday I had the day off, definitely smoked in the morning mm-hmm. and like just did jack shit all day. Yeah. So that was fucking big. Yeah, because it's like, oh, do I want to do this right now? No, I don't really want to do this right now. And then like more time goes by, maybe hit the bowl again. Yeah. And next thing you know, it's like two in the afternoon and you're like, I just fucking wasted my And you're just day. scrolling for two hours because you just get sucked in. Oh, I know you, you probably don't use social media as much, right? I no, think I remember, I remember from some of our conversations. Yeah, you try I, to do your best to stay away from I it. Know, I, have, I have, you know, I have an account on Reddit uh-huh. where I'm mostly just like looking at Appalachian Trail stuff uh, or other. Okay, so stuff. you're like I do scroll a little bit, but yeah, I'm pretty out. Not pretty nothing added. compared to kids my age. Yeah, it's so bad. See, it's the, so bad. The, the, the TikTok is is crazy. It's like putting it's your brain like, on the hamster wheel. 
Yeah, yeah. It's, and it's just like it fries your brain. Especially yeah. like you, when you wake up in the morning, like the first hour of your day, like your mind is so fresh and moldable. If you wake up and immediately roll over and just start scrolling on TikTok and you, you've just like fried yourself for the whole day. Yeah. Because like you've already been stimulated so much that you need so much more just yeah. to feel something. Like you're sitting there ripping the bait scrolling yeah. on tiktok like yeah. you're just frying yeah. your brain yeah and and like you know kids your age like grew up with it yeah know? so it's so, commonplace so it's common and it's like sort of accepted amongst the you know your peers like this is what people do i mean I, people of my generation definitely do too oh yeah I mean, anyone who gets sucked into that trap for for sure but yeah i just i, just, I see so many you know pitfalls to the social media use where I, I just um i haven't i haven't felt the need to engage with it in years now you know I, I had a Facebook once upon a time but I haven't, I haven't had that in honestly it's probably better that way I think so I, I see yeah, I have not missed it once what are you really missing out on as far as I know nothing I don't know I don't I'm see it so nothing I mean I, yeah I, I, I and you're probably so friends. much happier because you're not comparing yourself to people all the time yeah yeah I yeah my I, I definitely know I have friends or like that they'll do that like oh they, I saw so and so's doing this and like like, now I'm feeling all angsty about like yeah. how I'm just working this summer and I'm not traveling to this place, and uh, yeah, it just seems it just seems like it's just bad for you in so it's many talks. ways. It's it's bad for your 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 attention span. It's it's bad for you know how you feel about yourself. Like just like comparing yourself to, to people all the time. But I I mean I I just think like that that endless scrolling is just it's doomed. It's scrolling. just crazy. I think that's what I think that's what Ethan called. It was either Ethan or Michael. And I like that term. Like but they call term. it doom scrolling. Doom it really scrolling. is, man. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, because you you're just like there is no end. Brain. Yeah, yeah. You just I I've definitely done it before on Reddit. Mm-hmm. Where like mm-hmm. I'm I'm just like scrolling for a while and I look I'm like it's been 45 minutes. Yeah. What the fuck is like, this? It just slips yeah. away from you. Yeah, and so I, I try I try not to you know once in a while I will f- fall into scrolling scrolling Reddit. I try to keep it. And when minimum. like when you're doing that too, like it's really easy to get like molded. By like the content you're consuming, it's like almost propaganda. Like, definitely, like it changes the way you view the world. If you see a million communist videos, chances are you might become a communist. Like, I don't know, kind of a shitty example, but like that's kind of the thought process I was going with. Yeah, no, I I I know what you're saying. Is or like if you only consume right wing content, you're probably gonna be right wing. You know, of course, yeah, of course. Yeah, if people can just sort of exist in these in these. uh, information ecosystems where it's like it's only telling them what they are mm-hmm. already think and want to think like what like the conclusions it's, it's like, like confirmation bias yeah exactly and, and, and like you don't you never engage with like the highest quality content from the other side you're uh-huh. never engaging with their like their best points you're always you're always just sort of engaging with like a caricature of like the other side that you disagree with mm-hmm. and then just this like sort of unrealistic view of of, of your side and uh yeah, I just think it's just really, really damaging to to people in society as a whole, but especially at the individual level. I just don't. I don't think that stuff is is good for no for man. anybody. No, um, I, you know, I I think it makes it. I think it divides us more than it brings us together. I would agree with that. I think it, it just polarizes everything so much. Mm-hmm. You know, people. You're either with me or against me. It's like yeah, that type of mentality. Yeah, it's it's so hard to. To find like nuanced takes on on things on the internet, unless you like know where you're going. But if you're just like scrolling and trying to 
trying to like get your content that way, like yeah. you're gonna get fucked up. Like mm. in, in what we know about, especially because the algorithms are so good. Now. I was just gonna say the algorithms, like the, what we know about these algorithms and how good they are and how, how effective they are. Like because they want to keep you on the app, so they're gonna show you stuff you like. Absolutely, and and, and they've that they've confirms found the bias you already have. Confirms your biases. They've also found that one of the one of the things that people engage with the most is content that outrages them. You know, mm-hmm. so I bet oh, so things yeah, that make you that'll angry. make you so comment like, if you're like a conservative leaning person, you you want to they're gonna send you that video of like some anti fuck kids like pushing down an old man or something. Yep. You should be like those motherfuckers, like <laughs> and like it's just gonna sort of feed you stuff like that. And and I so I, I wonder like do do people do people ever really stop and think that like they're they're allowing their brains to be like shaped and molded by by like. The political and economic elite. You know what's sad is I think the vast majority of people don't even realize. They're just like so consumed right. by it. Like they don't even know what's going on. It, well, like it, they, ha- they haven't been pulled out of the matrix yet. Yeah. And I think, I think it also gives the appearance of like the, the internet and social media. Uh, it just gives the appearance of having like all the information of the, of the world at your fingertips. Uh-huh. You know, and, and that's just a trap because they're only showing you like what they want you to see. Yeah. They're pushing what they want you to see on you. And uh, yeah, I think it's just, I think it's a real, it's really easy to get caught up. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it, it seems like people just spend so much of their time and their energy in that and don't actually like get themselves anywhere, you know, mm. not working on themselves and they just have just sort of ridiculous takes on, on politics and society that is just like, has basically just been like spoon fed to them. Yeah, and you're just kind of like throwing garbage into the garbage pile with mm-hmm. like your takes, because no one really cares what you have to say. Yeah, if you're just throwing it out there yeah. on social media, yeah. You just tweet something out. Like, yeah, no it's just cares. like, it's just like tweeting into the void. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, it is, it, but it gives people this like, this feeling like their voice is being heard. Yeah, like they have a platform. Yeah, and, and really, they're just like collecting all that data and just gonna use it against us. <laughs> yeah, I, I scary I, stuff, man. The way the world's gone, it is. Oh yeah, man. scary. Oh for sure, for sure. Like just, just yeah, the way the way the information is passed around now, and it's like how, how would how would our country respond to like a real crisis? You know, like now in the age of social media, mm-hmm. in the age of where everything is politicized. I mean, I think we got a pretty good showcase of that with COVID. Like everyone just sure. loses their yeah. goddamn People mind and mind. do things that don't make sense. And, and immediately anyway. go into two camps. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. all right, two camps. Like, what are the mask, two camps? anti-mask. What do the Democrats think? Anti-mask. What do the Republicans think? All right, so I'm a Democrat, so I got to be a mask. I got to be a pro-mask guy. So let me make sure I consume all the pro-mask mm-hmm. content and like try and cite pro-mask studies. And if you're on the other side, you'd be like, all right. Like I'm, I'm anti-mask, and, and instead of like actually like just like thinking about it, you know, for yourself and, and judging your your own risk, yeah, it seems like it's a it's a real problem. It seems like it's like an easy problem for, you know, like the Russians and the Chinese to exploit yeah. on us on our on our population uh, if if they really if they really wanted to. I mean, this this winter is going to be interesting with the energy crisis in Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's you know coming from this whole this whole Russia thing. My sister lives over there. So oh she's right, she's the Germany, yeah. yeah. I actually went there this summer. Yeah, how was that? It was great, man. Yeah, it was never been to Europe before. Yeah, I, I loved it. Yeah, what, what was your favorite thing about it? Ooh. There was this one night I just biked around the city of Freiburg by myself. Okay. And, like I just went up into the hills and rode around. Like it was, I just felt so free. Like and I just. Yeah. 
I was just like seeing stuff that I'd never seen before. Like the buildings don't look like that here. Mm-hmm. Like the buildings that didn't get bombed in World War Two. Yeah, right. But yeah. like, yeah, it's just so different. Mm-hmm. But it's like the same thing. There's people. There's restaurants. There's grocery stores. There's mm-hmm. pharmacies. Like it's the same shit, but it's like it's got like a different label on it. Yeah, it's but it's, it's, it's people are speaking a different language, which mm-hmm. is really interesting. Yeah, this is traveling overseas and seeing how like we're all kind of the same like everything's pretty much the same mm-hmm. like the way people act people just want to like have friends or friends and family because like, at the security. end of the day we're just humans like yeah bound by our biology wherever yeah. we are in the world we are still bound by our biology for sure whether we like it or not uh-huh. we're, we're all we're all human beings we're all a lot more similar than we are different you know, you know there's obviously cultural differences but for sure at the end of the day people are people are all pretty pretty much the same so, so how are we doing on time here? Coming in on hour 23. All right. I, I probably, I got a little bit more in there. Right. Anything else you want? Mm, let me think about it. Yeah. Let's finish up on the EAT. What's like the sure. biggest takeaway from that? Biggest takeaway is, um, you know, it's just like one step at a time. You know, I like that. Like, you, I really like that. You, you knock out big projects just like one step at a time, one mile at a time. You know, you just... Like when you're in the gym building your body, it's one rep at a time. Yeah, exactly. It's like don't don't be going and looking in the mirror every day. Just like I shouldn't be like looking at a map of Virginia every day while I'm trying to hike through it. Cause uh-huh. I'm like, Fuck, I'm not getting anywhere. So be process and detail oriented rather than like end goal oriented. I also not so. Yeah, I, that's I, I would I, yeah I think so. You know, um, yeah, just just sort of taking your time and just I think. I think also, you know, a big takeaway from the AT is that there's just a lot more to life than, than just like working and, and, uh, you know, acquiring material mm-hmm. objects, which, which is cool. Like, it's cool to have like fun stuff. It's cool to play like Cause you can be rich in money, but poor in experiences. For, for sure. And you, you, you just, you can just grind your whole life for money. And then you look up one day, you're like 65 years old and you're like, fuck, oh, man. Oh, I've done, like I've made a shitload of money and I've like gone on some cool vacations, but I don't feel like I've really like live life like really that's really interesting. really just like t- taking it in so you know i think that that, that was kind of the, the the big takeaway big takeaway for me was and, and just how valuable time off is too like time to just like where you're just not working you know uh-huh. how how valuable that is you know how that's just some of the, the best experiences i've had of you know for like not working not being in school just like traveling or hiking or it's beautiful man. or whatever yeah, yeah, the AT was great. I mean, any anybody who is like interested in doing that hike, I I would I totally, you know, think people should. I go think I'd probably it. I'll probably get around to it eventually. Yeah, dude, you should give it's, me a couple of years. I don't know. I gotta figure it out, but I'd love to do it. It's awesome, man. I mean, you just, especially so close to it. Yeah, yeah, we're super close to it, and I mean, you can start up here if you want. Yeah, I could be, be a, a solo. solo. Yeah, you can be a solo. <laughs> um, yeah, there's. There's a lot of ways to do it. You just meet so many cool people out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so many different people who are hiking for you know different reasons. All different ages. I think the youngest through hiker I met was eight. The oldest was like... Eight years old? Yeah, there's, wow. yeah, there's like family out there. This like this homeschooled family from Texas that were just like out there. Just like, we're like, yeah, <laughs> we're hiking the AT this year. Uh, it was cool. Yeah, it was cool. I bet that teaches you a lot more about life than like, school ever would. Pr- probably. I can't even... I, I can't even imagine what processing... An Appalachian Trail through hike would be like for an eight year old. Wow. Just like, hey, that's just what I do. I, you know, I just I walk and I get water out of the stream. 
And then, and then you, there's some guys, you know, in their 70s out there or older. You know, there have definitely been 80-year-olds mm-hmm. out there doing that. Um, so, like, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great equalizer, the Appalachian Trail. Like, yeah. when you get out there and everybody just, like, smells bad and is, like, tired. Again, and bound by biology. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, it really just brings everybody back down to, Doesn't like, matter how commonality. You, you know, it's like we all stink. We're all tired. We're all hungry. Uh-huh. And, like, you could be hanging out in a shelter with... With like some guy, you know, some some people, you know, and like one guy's like a, like a CEO on you know in some company in New York City. Uh-huh. Like, but you wouldn't know. But that. You, no, you wouldn't even know because he's just some like stinky some... old guy, <laughs> and he's just like hanging out talking about the trail, eating a granola bar, yep. and like, and then you get like you know college kids and, and that really is whatever. Yeah, you get you get so so many different people out there. Um, yeah, I miss our talks, Dave, man. I used to yeah. talk to you at Whole Foods all the time. I, yeah, no, this is a good time. No, we'll I do miss working there. Yeah, do you? Some, I mean, sometimes. I don't, I don't miss it. But yeah. Because exactly. one bigger and better things, you yeah. know? And this, yeah, Whole Foods is fine. It's, yeah, it's still Whole Foods. It's not the whole world. <laughs> but, but like I said at the beginning of this, though, you really have had an impact on me, man. Like, even if you don't know it. Like, you definitely factored into my decision not to go to school this year. And I'm telling man. I know it's happening, but like I think I made the right decision in doing yeah. that. And I'm thankful yeah. that you you were the voice of well, I don't know about the voice of reason. But like you you were a voice that like kind of made me feel like it was okay to go out of the ordinary. Because mm-hmm. anyone at that time was telling me, Oh no, you need to stay yeah. in school. But like when I talked to you, like you were just like logical about it, and you're like, yeah, you can go back, man. Yeah, you can go back. I mean, and like I, I hadn't really thought about it like that, and you just like made me feel like it was okay. And you go back like more of an adult, and you uh-huh. can just do it way better. Yeah. Like, my, my wife in college, going to college, I think she started at UNH probably when she was like uh, 22 or something like that. And she just finished pretty recently. Um, completely different student than like how I oh, was. Oh, I'm sure. It was like it was more just much more like focused, like new. That she wanted to go into like a career and like yeah you know what you want to go to school yeah, for so you, you not go with this eighteen year old kid just trying to figure it out as you go it's not your first time out of the house where you're uh-huh. just trying to like party and, and drink and and help out with girls like you be more focused yeah know? I think you definitely influenced me into moving in here too definitely. taking the leap of faith like that that's cool man I'm, I'm glad I'm glad that our our talks uh, you know resonated with you yeah no definitely that, that you know cause some action that's, that's cool and I mean from your perspective you were probably just talking to some dickhead kid in the no I always like it I was like, oh, I always, like, <laughs> I was like oh, how's this kid only like 18 or 19 like I think whatever I get that all the time like, 18, man. I was like this kid's so much like smarter than that like I don't know um, I think it's, I think it's the psychedelics <laughs> I think, I think <laughs> they've aged me mentally yeah, yeah I mean I, and I mean, all the books are just perspective yeah because the whole thing about like because some some older people don't mature you know and uh-huh. it's because their perspective sucks because they've never expanded their perspective or I think that you you put in the effort to like broaden your perspective yeah broaden my horizons you know psychedelics or life experience or, or books um, I've also talked to a lot of people yeah like a lot of people just from my serving experience mm-hmm. and like even just like in the grocery store like I'll talk to strangers I don't care I'm not afraid of them yeah I understand they're humans because yep. like I honestly believe that everyone all information is good information all information mm-hmm. allows you to make better reform decisions and I'm stealing that from this dude David that I follow yeah. him on Twitter but yeah. um like that's a principle you can add to your lives like you can learn from anyone for sure like yeah. there is 
I will have anyone on this podcast and talk to them because I think I can learn from them. I will have the dumbest person in the world sit in that chair and talk to me because I think I can learn from them. There's some kind of perspective to, to get. Right? Yeah. Whatever, whatever their lived experience has been, you know, there's, there's probably something that they've lived through that's different than, yeah, than exactly. what you have. Or, but yeah, yeah. It's beautiful, I mean, man. Yeah. No, it's, I appreciate you coming on, Dave. Yeah, man. It's been great. Is there anything else you want to touch on? No, that's it. No, I mean... No, it's your show, man. It's I. I love I, this. I come on again sometime. We could, I'd love you to come on can, again. We'll talk about some more stuff because yeah. I'm sure you've got a million stories to tell. Oh, dude, so there's only so much we can do. Yeah, I know. It's like no one's gonna sit here and like, watch for three I, hours. Yeah, yeah, right. So we might as well keep it. Yeah, you know, keep it. Also, short. I like. I mean, not even like that many people watch this, but like I just do this for fun. Yeah, it's a nice little fun hobby. That's what, I love dude, when, when you're when you're famous. You know, in like ten years, you're a famous <laughs> podcaster. Like I was on that in the early days. Episode. This is episode twelve. This is episode 12? All right, I'll remember that. That's Tom yeah, Brady's 12. number. I'm into it. There you go, man. All right, man. That was, that was fun. That was good. I love you, Dave. Yeah, seriously. too bottom of my head. No. I appreciate it, yeah. too. Hey, you're, you're a good dude. I, I like talking to you. It's it's always fun to, to catch up with you. Um, this has been Mids Only. Mids Only.